good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. Today is Wednesday, the 4th of May, 2022, and we're going to start off with a follow-up of a story that we covered last week in relation to e-cigarettes. Now, the National Tobacco Products Control Committee is being urged to consider revising its ban on the import and sale of e-cigarettes in Thailand. The Digital Economy and Society Minister said he has submitted a petition to the committee to revise its decision on e-cigarette sales and imports. He said research in 70 countries has shown that e-cigarettes are a safer alternative to conventional cigarettes and that their sale has been subsidized by their governments. If the government allows the legal import and sale of e-cigarettes, it will be able to set selling standards and benefit from a tobacco tax. The minister claimed that e-cigarettes had the potential to protect young people from smoking and that a better course of action would be to regulate them in the same way that cigarettes are regulated, with no advertising or online sales. He also proposed strict laws governing the minimum selling age, as well as quality controls on the products themselves to ensure that they meet international standards. According to a survey conducted by the National Statistics Office in 2021, approximately 10 million Thais smoke, with 52% saying they are unlikely to quit. The minister believes that if these people are provided with accurate information about e-cigarettes or other alternatives, they will be more likely to quit smoking. Now moving along, warning issued over suicide rates among workers and unemployed. The Department of Mental Health, the DMH, has issued a warning over the rising rate of suicides among people of working age and retirees. According to the DMH, citing data from the National Suicide Prevention Centre, an average of 53,000 suicides are attempted in Thailand each year, 4,000 which end fatally. DMH Director Dr. Amporn Benjapantik said suicide is now second only to accidents as the leading cause of unnatural deaths in Thailand. She added that major risk factors driving people to commit suicide include stress and depression. According to a March survey, those in the early stages of their careers are four times more likely to commit suicide than other adults. Many people face financial pressure during the university-to-work transition, especially in the context of status-driven, materialistic society. This at-risk group has also been steadily increasing over the last four years. Dr. Amporn said love and support from family and friends can help people avoid suicidal thoughts. There have been long concerns that COVID-19 and the restrictions put in place to contain it could cause a mental health crisis and an increase in suicides around the world. Along with fears of disease and potential bereavement, experts say some aspects of the lockdown, such as isolation, loneliness, loss of social support networks, unemployment and financial insecurity, are harmful to mental health. According to data from the World Health Organization, close to 800,000 people worldwide lose their lives to suicide every year. 20 more people attempt suicide for every death. Those statistics are vastly underreported. And next up, Thailand hopes to see flights double, now test and go is gone. 
the government is hoping to see air travel soar following the lifting of the test and go requirements with double the number of takeoffs and landings at the country's airports by the end of this year. The Civil Aviation Authority of Thailand expects 83,500 flights per month at all airports by year's end, up from 44,500 at present following the easing of COVID-19 restrictions, Deputy Government Spokesman Kun Trasari said on Monday. Significant jumps are expected in both international and domestic flights, she added. The test-and-go entry requirements were lifted on Sunday in a bid to woo more international tourists and help the kingdom compete with regional tourism-reliant rivals like Indonesia, Vietnam and Singapore. Tourism operators and vacationers have complained about the continued necessity to register for the Thailand Pass before arriving in the country, urging the government to scrap it too. The first day after the departure of Test and Go saw about 17,000 air travellers arrive on 96 international flights at Suanapum Airport and a further 4,000 from 27 landings at Phuket Airport, according to the Transport Ministry. Ms. Tresari said Prime Minister Prayat Chanacha was satisfied with the quick screening and document checking process at international airports on Sunday and thanked all officials for the smooth transition. So by all accounts, we have seen quite an increase in arrivals over the last few days into the kingdom, mainly driven by the scrapping of the test and go scheme, which is all very, very positive. Now, next on the list is to get rid of the Thailand Pass altogether and move to another form of vaccine checking. Now, there has been talk about having this information presented on the TM6 arrival card, and that possibly may be the next stage, possibly happening next month. We don't exactly know and details have been rather sketchy in relation to that. Now in relation to COVID here in the country and one of the reasons they've been able to do that is the predicted increase in COVID infections that they thought would happen after the Songkran holiday has not materialized. Actual fact, the numbers are dropping very, very quickly. We're down now well below 10,000 per day and that is the lowest since February of this year. Indeed, Phuket seems to have nearly eliminated COVID altogether by the recent figures that have been announced by the public health ministry down there, the same with Pattaya and Bangkok. So we are definitely seeing a dropping in the cases. Now it may be down to the fact that there's less testing going on, but the most important thing is deaths are lowering and hospitalizations are lowering as well. In fact, I read that they are now closing many of the COVID wards that had been opened up over the last year. So we have to see this as very positive. And one of the reasons why they have decided to reopen the country is exactly this. Hospitalizations are low, COVID numbers are dropping, and it is time to open up. And what they have done is the right move. A little too late, in my opinion, it possibly should have been done at the beginning of the year, but to reopen around the start of the low season probably won't see any major increases in the next few months. But it does set up the country for a very, very good high season starting October, November of this year. So if you're thinking of coming to Thailand, you're kind of got the knowledge that things are getting better again here. The next thing and what I've been reading is people are really wanting to see the mask mandate done away with. Well, especially in relation to outdoors. Now, in Phuket and other parts of the country where there are a lot of tourists, to be quite frank and honest, a lot of tourists aren't wearing masks. I think in some way it does help because it's desensitizing the Thai local population to wearing masks as well or not seeing people wear masks. And this has been a problem that a lot of people kind of have foreseen that maybe the local population might not look favorably on tourists who are not wearing their masks outdoors. But it's good to see that 
that really hasn't been the case and I'm hoping in the next month or two this kind of outdoor mask mandate is completely abolished. Now of course the other thing is and a lot of people are talking about is when the emergency decree will be gotten rid of. Now at this stage the emergency decree as far as most people in this country are concerned is kept really to keep the protests from happening and using the emergency decree as the reason why protests in this country haven't been going on. So we're going to see if with the opening of the country the reduction in restrictions the lowering of numbers will the emergency decree be scrapped and what exactly will they do to stop the protests that will inevitably come from that because that has been the main weapon used against them. But overall I think things are getting a lot better here in Thailand. I can see a change in the mentality of people here in relation to their futures. They're starting to feel more positive and I think that's all a very very good thing. So I put it to you guys out there who've been on this show, who've commented so many times, now that the restrictions have pretty much all been lifted, are you encouraged to come back to Thailand for your holiday or visit your family and friends? I'd love to know what you are planning for the next six months in terms of travel. Are you thinking of coming here to the beautiful country of Thailand. I'd love to know your thoughts, your opinions on all of this as always down below in that comment section. Now with the inevitable scrapping of the test and go scheme, tourists have been giving the thumbs up to the new rules. Tourists have given positive feedback after the government's decision to scrap the test and go scheme which took effect on Sunday. The Bangkok Post recently interviewed some international arrivals on Sunday. Now Kyle Sutherland, a 30-year-old tourist from Canada, is visiting the kingdom with his friends for the first time. He said the scrapping of the RT-PCR test requirement of hotel reservations also helped them save money. I like Thai food and Thai boxing, so I've decided to come despite the complicated regulations, but not having them makes my life easier. Moreover, all countries around the world are going to relax regulations for better convenience as the COVID-19 outbreak declines, he said. Now, Justin Shines, a 28-year-old American tourist, said he had visited Thailand once in January and found that his visit this time was easier as there were fewer documents to prepare. It took him a few days to complete the Thailand Pass process compared to three weeks when he visited last time. I would say that it is very easy this time. I don't need to show my RT-PCR test and apply for hotel quarantine. It's very convenient, but I think it would be great if there was no longer a requirement for health insurance as it's put up the cost of travel, he said. Sorm David, a 27-year-old tourist from Cambodia who is on a five-day trip to Thailand with her friends, said she was happy that Thailand Pass is now more convenient. The cancellation of the RT-PCR test requirement for fully vaccinated Visitors also help her save money. So generally, as we have probably predicted, most people are pretty happy with the new regulations. And speeding along to the next story. Tatsis 1 million arrivals per month during the last quarter. The Tourism Authority of Thailand is looking forward to drawing at least 1 million tourists per month during the high season in the final quarter thanks to a less cumbersome entry process. The agency reported a spike on Friday, April 29th, in Thailand Pass registrations thanks to the new entry rules enacted on April 1. Even though there are challenging factors such as low travel confidence, a poor economy, the Russia-Ukraine conflict, a labour shortage in the tourism sector and heated competition from other destinations, our goal of 7 to 10 million arrivals remains within sight, said the TAT governor Yutasak Supasorn. As of April 25th, Thailand had welcomed 713,183 international arrivals this year. 
The highest tally was 215,490 arrivals in April, attributed to the cancellation of the 72-hour pre-arrival RT-PCR test from April 1. The number of tourists for the whole month of April is expected to reach 300,000. Mr. Yutzak said the market should gather pace during the high season with at least 1 million foreign tourists per month from October. Following the implementation of the new registration on Friday for the Thailand Pass system that eliminate COVID-19 tests, there were 40 to 50,000 registrants during the first 12 hours, said the agency. The promising response indicates strong tourism demand from overseas visitors with new easing of entry rules slated for May 1. He said the TAT should push Thai tourism by promoting both short-haul and long-haul markets, particularly countries with fewer travel conditions, allowing tourists to travel freely. As for the long-haul market, the Middle East, particularly Saudi Arabia, the US, Canada, Latin America and European countries are among the target markets. The TAT plans to participate in an international trade show such as the International Luxury Travel Market, North America, from September 19 to 22 in Mexico. It expects to invite tourism operators to join roadshows such as Amazing New Chapters Roadshow to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia on May 15th. The short-haul market includes India as a target country and there is potential with 200 groups of wedding ceremonies already confirmed this year, said DTAT. Other promising markets include Australia, Singapore, Malaysia and South Korea. Joint promotion with partners are scheduled throughout this year for quality segments, led by health and wellness, golf, leisure, luxury and weddings. On Friday, DTAT hosted a meeting with tourism operators to discuss marketing plans for the international market. He said operators suggest focusing on emerging markets in South Asia, such as Bangladesh and Pakistan. And next up, Hong Kong plummets towards bottom of press freedom ranking. Hong Kong has plummeted down an international press freedom chart as authorities have wielded a draconian new security law to silence critical news outlets and jail journalists, a new report said on Tuesday. For two decades, media rights watchdog Reporters Without Borders had ranked countries and territories around the world by how free their press is. Hong Kong, a regional media hub for both international and local media, has been steadily slipping down the table under Chinese rule. In the last year alone, it has plunged 68 places to 148, sandwiching the international business hub between the Philippines and Turkey. It is the biggest downfall of the year, but it is fully deserved due to the consistent attacks on freedom of the press and the slow disappearance of the rule of law in Hong Kong, Cedric Alviani, head of the RSF's Taiwan-based East Asia Bureau. In the past year, we have seen a drastic, drastic move against journalists, he said. China has imposed increasingly authoritarian structures on Hong Kong following large-scale and sometimes violent pro-democracy protests three years ago. It implemented a sweeping national security law in 2020 that has since crushed dissent and seen dozens of democracy activists jailed as well as journalists. Alviani said authorities initially used the law to pursue political opponents and democracy activists, but throughout 2021 it began to increasingly be deployed against local media. Last year, Apple Daily and Stan News, two popular outlets that were critical of the government, collapsed after newsroom leaders were arrested and company assets were frozen by the security law. Alviani said RSF's database now lists 13 Hong Kong media workers as being in jail, a number he said was enormous and equivalent to almost 10% of all known journalists' detentions in China. 
China has consistently been ranked by RSF as one of the world's most hostile countries for journalists and currently sits at 175th out of 180. But until recently, Hong Kong was a comparative oasis of free speech thanks to a one-country, two-systems formula in which Beijing promised the city could keep key freedoms and autonomy for 50 years after the 1997 handover by Britain. When RSF published its first report in 2002, Hong Kong had some of the freest media in Asia and ranked 18th in the world. For now, the security law has been directed against local media, but questions have swirled over the future of the international press based in the territory. Last week, the city's foreign press club scrapped Asia's most prestigious human rights award, citing the threat posed by the security law. Multiple major news outlets, including AFP, Bloomberg, CNN, The Economist and The Financial Times, have long-standing Asia headquarters in the city. No media can do without correspondence in Hong Kong, but do the media need to have their regional headquarters in Hong Kong? Asked Alviani. Is it safe to leave your computer archive? To leave your server? To leave your management team in Hong Kong? In the current situation? Maybe not. And finally, the Phuket News Daily Report. Taxi driver denies any intent of sexual misconduct. The Phuket taxi driver, accused of inappropriately touching a 15-year-old girl, tourist from Australia, has denied any intention of committing any indecent act, Phuket Provincial Police have announced through a statement. Bites were caused by a shark, confirms the PMBC chief. Dr. Konkiet, director of the Phuket Marine Biological Centre, has supported the view that the 8-year-old boy injured at Kamala Beach on Sunday was bitten by a shark. COVID-19 wards start to close. Several hospitals have begun closing their COVID-19 wards as the number of virus-linked admissions has fallen, according to the Department of Medical Services. Norwegian expat 76 rescued from Phuket house fire. A 76-year-old Norwegian expat was rescued from a house fire at the Phuket Villa Chaufa 2 housing estate in Vichette in the early hours of this morning. And finally, German tourists lost in Phuket jungle found safe. A 21-year-old German tourist lost in a jungle near Naiton Beach on his first day in Phuket was found by search teams late last night and safely returned to his hotel. And just to comment on that, there seems to be a number of foreigners over the last few months getting lost in jungles in Thailand. And I guess the best advice is, if you've never been in a jungle before, you don't know your way around it, I'd suggest not going in there alone. But that's just common sense. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.